Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, hit it with some vibrations to increase its pineal gland until it can see us. My name is Matt. And I'm the elephant in the room. Let's discuss me. Oh, boy. Well, take it away, Chris. Like, you're um, you're the one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, it's been kind of a bad time in D&D land lately, um, as you're probably very much aware. Yeah, if if you pay attention to D&D at all. Yeah. um, You know that wizards tried to pull a fast one on everybody and completely fuck everyone forever. And then they backpedaled really hard and... And tripped over their own feet and fell into a pie. Yeah. then they try, tried to be more earnest about it, but they didn't realize they had stepped on a rake and it hit them in the nuts. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a bad time for D&D land. Yeah, so D&D tried to re- completely revoke the open gaming license, which would have put the kibosh on a lot of third party and... A lot of... Well, a, a, lot, a lot of, of what makes D&D ones. D&D. Well, yeah, a, a lot of big third party companies were about ready to get the shaft. Yeah. And, like, they kept saying that the reason was, was that way they, like, could, like, it, it would, they were, they kept using the defense that it only affected people who made, you know, the 750000 right. in, in income for that year. But it's like, somebody else pointed out, it's like, well, yeah, but that discourages people from trying to get to that point. Well, not it's just like, that, but if you make, would have made any income off of it, you would have had to report to uh-huh. wizards. And yeah. that's. That sucks, too. That's horseshit. And that requires more loops that you're going to have to go through and there was no clause in there that they couldn't change their mind at some point and make it so that, Oh no, if you make this much, you have to pay royalties. So people justifiably got very upset with, with uh, our wizards on the coast Yep, and uh, wizards finally backtracked a bit. They, they backtracked and then they backtracked more. I feel right. And while I'm not entirely thrilled about the way that they're going i am satisfied with the, it's, the outcome it's thus far. better than it was having um the 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 D starter rules as part of a creative commons license is better um it's still not where the community needs to be where the community needs to be is to have the open gaming license and just add irrevocable to it mm-hmm. and just keep it as it was and don't don't mess don't with change it, it or sign on with a Paizo's or C license. Right. I'm still very upset with Wizards uh, just because of how... The, just the lack of transparency they've had with all of this and the fact that they keep changing their story on certain things. Like how uh, when the document initially leaked, it's like, oh, no, that's a draft. Like, mm-hmm. But then they approached other third-party people and tried to have them sign it in advance. And it's like, then it's not a draft if you're having people like legally bind themselves to it right right no there's there's a lot of shady stuff going on um a lot that isn't being said yeah. and a lot that was misconstrued yeah and it's disappointing i mean at the end of the day wizards of the coast is a company they are yeah like their whole their primary goal is to make money and i get that well, I, but I get the distinct impression a lot of this nonsense has come down from the hasbro oh side. yeah it's it's a uh it's the higher ups and the people who are not as attached like yeah. the developer a lot of the developers and I even I my wife just watched a uh, a video this morning about it where a lot of the developers and 
the, the, the people a little closer to where we see mm-hmm. are also being very negatively affected by this. Right. I mean, and they are not happy with any of it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a big mess, um, and frankly... And frankly, I feel that there's a lot smarter people who have and yeah, can definitely, say definitely. things better about it. But like, where do we stand? Like, where where are we coming on this? So, it's like, what are we going to do? Right. So that that's something we cons- we had definitely considered. I mean, we're not necessarily in that same boat. We're no. not making money off of making D and D stuff. No, no. Um, although we did have, of course. You know, we, we had some high aspirations, I would say, of maybe releasing some we, content. We had and... definitely kicked around the idea of, like, putting together a source book on mm-hmm. some the, stuff yeah. we've done. And fleshing it out a lot more and then putting it up on, like, drive through RPG or, RPG or something or like that. Or the DMs Guild. Or, yeah, right, well, right, right, right. So, um, but I think that uh, we, we discussed it. And f- first and foremost, the reason why, of course, we've had such late episodes is... Well, we've both we, been super sick. <laughs> other than that, other than the super sick things, we did decide that we were going to hold off on making it, taking any action until the, the, the dust had started to settle. And Wizards releasing the Creative Commons thing was kind of the, like, starting yeah. gun for that. Yeah. So, um, of course, this episode's going to be coming out in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, so who the so, fuck knows what could happen between now and then. Right, right. Things may have changed. But, but that's kind of where we're sitting, though. Um, and we have kind of both decided that while like we we are still going to be focusing on D&D like despite its issues despite its normal flaws in the system itself yeah. and despite Wizards of the Coast and everything going on there we do still have a passion for the game and yeah. we still love it and honestly there's nothing that's going to change that no and it is still the most popular yeah i mean if nothing game. else it's worth doing it just for that seo like. right right and familiarity and everything yeah. i mean there's a few other systems we probably could do but i mean we're niche as it is enough yeah. as it is and like for all of its flaws D is very home brewable like yes it is for better so, or worse like so especially we, since we keep hammering the system and seeing what falls out of it right and so um we have decided uh that uh, instead of because before we marketed this podcast and our stuff as being for D and D fifth edition, right? We are changing that to now be compatible with D and D fifth edition, yeah. Which I feel will also kind of open up our creativity uh-huh. um, because now we're not going to be as constrained to the uh, and trying to, to like trying to fit our stuff into their cosmology and their right. yeah yeah. So like, I, I played around with that with my creature this this time. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's going to be better for us as a, just us, you know, Chris yeah. and myself, but, yeah. um, and I mean, there's been a lot of, uh, different third parties who have come around and they're saying that they're going to be making, uh, competing systems for, or systems to compete against the D&D edition. 5th edition or whatever the next thing of D&D, the open D&D, whatever that ends up, or all one D&D. One D&D, right. Yeah, whatever it ends up being. Uh, like... Uh, Cobalt Press says they're working on their project Black Flag, and Paizo has Pathfinder Second Edition, and st- they've been working on stuff. So, you know, it, depending on what happens with that, we may release some stuff for those. Who knows? Well, yeah, I was thinking that uh, after we like, because what we're, we're, we're definitely going to be doing is exploring some new other systems. Yeah. I mean, it's something we've poked around with in the past uh-huh. on our. We own. even mentioned that like in our horrible sounding session zero. Yeah, in our in our flagship. Uh, um, but uh. What I was thinking is that, like, eventually one time, at some point after we've become familiar with another system yeah. or, or two, we can just do an episode where we convert a lot of the stuff that we've gotten to, uh-huh. or maybe cannot even convert, but adapt a lot of that stuff yeah, to be yeah. compatible with those things as well. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, 
that's kind of where we're going. That's our our uh, our plan going forward. Uh-huh. Um, Chris, did you have anything else to add? No, I mean that's pretty much all of it. I'm still very upset with with Wizards. Um, I'm not going to be buying any first party content going forward. Like they're not getting another dime of my money until something drastic changes. Sure, sure. Uh, I sold my third party stuff because I love goofy third party crap. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean like our our shelf over here of rpg books has a ton of weirdo third-party stuff that <laughs> yes, i bought yes so. it does like that's not going to change for me I, I still love supporting that stuff i still love there like there is a great community around this game it is and wizards literally tried to put a bullet in it yeah like not even joking like they tried to murder their cash cow and i i can't fathom why they would do that like it was questionable it, it, at best. It was questionable, and it was a decision brought down from people who had no idea what they had on their hands. Right. Like, no idea. Right. So, uh, we'll see what happens going forward, yeah. but... Like you said, this is coming out two weeks in the future. Things could be very different from now and then. Although, like, I was looking at D&D Beyond's Twitter page today. Uh, it doesn't seem like they quite get what happened to them yet. <laughs> They're still making like, haha, we were so silly. Look at what we tried to do jokes. Oh, and it's like, no, no guys, that's not. Yeah. Don't. Just yeah. fucking back off. Stop trying to use like the, the game language in your legal documents. <laughs> like, don't say, oh, we rolled a natural one with that one. It's like, no, yeah. you, you guys fucked up. Admit you fucked up. Yeah. Don't try and be goofy and silly about it. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to make it lighthearted, but yeah. yeah. And calling the, the, uh, current draft of the open gaming license like it's a playtest document uh-huh. it's like that's bullshit it's infantilizing to us in the community we, we don't need it right but uh but yeah i if you support boycotting wizards of the coast products or you mm-hmm. know can't you know the uh canceling D beyond mm-hmm. go you yeah if you, and and don't if, go see if, that movie <laughs> but yeah or but if you don't like if you still want yeah, to purchase like, there's nothing wrong with that either yeah you do you, play how you want to play, exactly. and that's the the end result is you just enjoy your home games, mm-hmm. and that's all you need. So, cool. Um, so, Chris, yeah, we have should a we movie we actually should talk about. We watched this movie, yeah. Wow, what a movie this was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this to you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. Like, I love I, this. I wasn't, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect to going in. Yeah. Like, I was like, is this going to be a metamorphosis, alien factor kind of thing? Is this going to be a... It was like the halfway like, point between metamorphosis and life force. And like all that entails. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a very good yeah. point between, um, but I did enjoy it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I it think was it was even hornier wild. than life force in a lot of ways. Hornier, yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as gratuitous, no, but no. hornier, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we watched uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond from uh, 1986. Uh, Stuart Gordon is a director who has kind of made, or had made his career doing H.P. Lovecraft adaptations that aren't so much adaptations as they are expansions on mm. and take a lot of the more... Uh, gross elements from H.P. Lovecraft's bullshit and take it out and just make weird effects-heavy sci-fi movies out of them. That's good. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he before this, he worked on Reanimator. Okay. And Reanimator is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did uh, Dagon, which is an adaptation of The Shadows Over Innsmouth without, like, oh, don't mix those races and stuff like that. And they're like, it's just, oh no, there's fish people and they're very scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, good. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this reunites a lot of his cast from uh, Reanimator, which was the one he did before this. Uh, Jeffrey Combs and um, Barbara Cramden were both in that, and they kind of flip roles in this one, where Combs was kind of the stern scientist type in that one, and uh, uh, Barbara was kind of the more innocent, like, victim of the circumstances. Okay, so yeah. And they kind yeah. of flipped in this one. Sure. But it, it's, like, I I love Barbara Cramden. Like, she's great. She's she's still great in stuff. But uh, should we get into this nonsense? Let's jump right into okay. this. Uh, this is currently available on Tubi, so that's where I watched it. Same. So we had some fun commercials with this one. Oh, no, Barbara, you voiced a character in Back for Blood. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, we open on our main character, uh, Crawford Tillingast, which is a hell of a name. Yeah, whose first name is Crawford? <laughs> That's the name of the character in the original story, so they just brought right over Jeepers. from that, which is wild. Gosh, <laughs> it's like... That's a wild first name. Yeah, Crawford Tillingast. So, yeah. <laughs> but this is dude's a... Got, dude's got a last name for a first name and a made-up word for a last name. <laughs> uh, this is our Jeffrey Combs for the movie. And uh, we open on him, like, typing frantically on a computer while trying to chew through a pencil. Yeah, um, my... Like, this opening scene had... Um, Granted, a darker uh, shade, but uh, shades of uh, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" for oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I totally saw this as Rick Moranis in his lab in the in the uh, attic and working yeah. on the shrink machine. Although this lab is a lot tidier than that. It is. There's it is. nothing in here other than just banks of computers the, the, and one like thing the in the middle yeah. and the machine in the middle. The, yeah. the resonator. The resonator and its big old tongs, <laughs> it's tuning forks. But yeah, the resonator is. Um... Like, one of those balls you get at Spencer's Gifts that, like, generates the electricity into your fingers. And four big tuning forks. Yep. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about the tuning forks until I realized that is actually That's the point. That's literally what they are. So it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> he turns this machine on, and the subtitles helpfully tell us that it is, in fact, a resonator. This is the resonator. Yep. Now we know what it is. When, yep. Wind starts blowing through the lab, and... You know, then, resonating. Resonating, yeah. And then we see a transparent fish. Just... <laughs> Floating around. A little proje- really bad projected fish mm-hmm. floating, floating around in the uh, in the air. Yeah, they're swimming through the the tuning forks. and They're like little eel things. Yeah, they're kind of like, neat looking like lampreys effects, almost. Yeah. Uh, and Crawford is just like, wow, look at this. We have discovered something. And then the eel fish bites him on the fucking eye. Yeah, he invented a machine that makes angry space eels. Yeah, <laughs> great. So... Good for you, Matt. Good for you. Yeah. So he, he grabs the fish and pulls it away from his eye and turns the machine off, which causes all these creatures to vanish. Yeah. He's got this big old chunk missing on his cheek. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. cheekbone. He gets fucked up in this movie, you know? He, very much. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone gets really fucked up in this movie. Every, nobody has a good time in this no, movie. Nobody. Spoilers. Yeah. But he uh, runs from the lab and starts pounding on the door of his coworker, Dr. Petraeus. Uh, played by Ted Sorrell, informing him that the resonator is working, and Pretorius answers, shirtless. Just completely shirtless and a lot of chest hair. A lot of chest hair. The guy is so much He's chest. very her sweet. <laughs> Old chest hair man. Yep. And then he puts on a silk shirt. <laughs> he, well, he puts on, like, a silk smoking jacket. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's yeah, fucking, not a shirt, uh, but, like, a, yeah. Yeah, Hugh Hefner, yeah. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Although, again... 
kind of makes sense to the rest of the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> once you find out more about, about Dr. P here, and it's a... Uh, it, yeah, it, this, yeah. It's, it's a wild movie. <laughs> There's, There's a lot of things, like, like I said, it, it kind of had shades of, uh, of metamorphosis to uh -huh. me. And there were a lot of things where I was trying to grasp onto, like, well, that's a random decision. But then turns out, no. No, it's not. No, it really isn't. Like, they're, they're all pretty calculated mm -hmm. decisions. It, it's a very camp movie, um, but it comes together really well. Uh -huh. I think, anyway. I, I liked it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. So... So yeah, Doctor P runs back up to the uh, the attic where the machine is, turns it on, and immediately has an orgasm. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. It yeah. was very uncomfortable. <laughs> this man is just a very long-lasting orgasm. Yeah, He's yeah. Just... He has no refractory period. Like it just oh, keeps going. Oh man. Uh, the computer that is running the program that like handles all the various modulators and whatnot. Uh, has a stroke and explodes. Right. Well, because part of it is that they have like little four little switches. Yeah. And when Crawford first tested it, he only had one switch up and only one of the tuning forks turned purple. Right. But um, but uh, Doctor P, um, he goes in and he flipped them all up, and Crawford's like, "Whoa, now don't do that, you crazy and then they bastard!" All, they all light up purple, so he's he's pushing it to the yeah. max. He's resonating like no one has ever resonated before. Yeah. Which is what he wants to do because. Uh, Crawford is telling him, like, oh, God, we got to turn this thing off. Something bad's going to happen. And Dr. P is like, no, I, my mind is expanding. I want to see more than any man has ever seen. Crawford informs him that the machine is running itself at this point. Like, the computer has exploded, so this thing's just doing whatever it wants. Yeah, it's it shouldn't be running, but it is. But it is. And then uh, Dr. P helpfully tells us that uh, something is coming through. Oh, boy. Yeah. I am halfway certain that this part of the movie is a prequel to the Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> so a, a nosy neighbor from outside the uh, the house calls the cops Freaking on magic. our on our two scientist boys, and her dog runs off into the house. I love when she's on the phone. Um, I really really enjoyed the line where where we only of course get the part her part of the conversation, right? But she tells the police like. Last time I called, you said you'd send a squad car if there was another disturbance. Well, I'm disturbed. I love that. The, the, That's really good. She has like two scenes in this entire movie, um, and she's great. I like she, her. A I, lot. I actually really enjoy it. Her. It's really funny. Her dog's name is Bunny, uh -huh. and the actress's name is Bunny. That's not a coincidence. No, Come no, it's, it's just funny. <laughs> That's great. It's a good little call out. Yeah. Uh, so. Our neighbor goes into the house, and there's lots of like weird Civil War memorabilia on the first right. floor, it's so and a no steppy, no steppy, no no steppy snack flag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. There's that. <laughs> yeah, and like you, this is Doctor Pretorius's house, so we kind of get the feeling he's a creep, just because yeah. all this. Uh, I, got, yeah, I didn't like him already, and now I don't and then like this him shit happens. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bunny the dog claws at the door to the lab, and then an axe crashes through the door. Very Shining style. Yeah, followed by Crawford. Not uh, Shining style. No, not Shining style. He just opened the door. Who pushes past Bunny the actress and um, runs right into the cops, who immediately arrest his ass. Um, the dog finds Dr. P's body, and we run into a credit sequence. Just head on into it. Yep. And, lots of maggots. And oh my god, these... These opening credits are real hard on the eyes. They are. It's the the font is like 
impact font yeah. it, like scaled up. It's huge and it's bright pink. Yeah. And like I was having difficulty even just processing that, let yeah. alone reading what they were saying. And the the background is moving because it's over footage of maggots. Yeah. Oh, it, these were not pleasant opening credits. No. Like you guys should have chosen different different choices should it's, have been made. It's very abrasive. Like it's yeah. it's very so we cut to uh, Dr. McMichaels, who is our Barbara Cramden for this movie. And she's great, and I love her, and she's Barbara Cramden. She's, she's perfectly great in this yep. movie. Uh, she arrives at a asylum where she is greeted by Dr. Block, who is played by... Uh, <laughs> what? Dr. Block. Dr. Man. Block, yeah. She yeah. is... She's something. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she's played by uh, Caroline Purdy Gordon, and I'm not too familiar with her, but... She, I, like she, she plays the hell out of this nurse ratchet role. Well, she, she hates, she hates uh, Mc, Doctor McMichaels. Uh huh. But I'm not sure why. Like, like she, she gives a, a brief. She gives like an excuse, like because they both work with schizophrenics. Yeah. And uh, Doctor Block is like, okay, we these people are dangerous to themselves and to society. We need to keep them away from people they they can hurt and from ways of hurting themselves and dr mcmichaels is more experimental in her processes and apparently she's done some stuff that dr block does not necessarily approve of but then like later dr block is doing some very questionable shit with her schizophrenic so yeah like i don't know but um segue real quick here uh-huh. uh are you familiar with a movie called space truckers uh, no, should I be? Uh, well, um, Carolyn, uh... Pretty Gordon? Pr- pretty, yeah, Carolyn Pretty Gordon was apparently in that, in a movie called Space Truckers ten years later. Nice. Us, and the, the, uh, the IMDb synopsis of it is, a space trucker and his cute fiancé are on their way from a space station to Earth with an unknown cargo. When space pirates hijack them, 5,000 disintegrator robots are found in the cargo. Wow, that's a lot of disintegrator robots. <laughs> So, um, is that going on the list? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe. Um, it's got a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, great. That's actually not terrible. That's a pass. Like, whoa! Some of the some of the uh, imagery in this movie in this trailer that I'm watching uh-huh. is choice. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, wow! Yeah, I am. I am not familiar with that movie. Okay. I just had to. Sorry, I had to, yeah. No, that that's fine. Well, you're because you said that you weren't familiar with. I wasn't yeah. with her, so I was like, well, I better check her IMDb see what she's been in. Oh, I am not disappointed. Like I knew she'd been in other Stuart Gordon movies. Yeah, she was in Reanimator. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Castle Freak. Oh, she's she's in Castle Freak. Yep, she was. in Oh, Castle that's Freak. a movie where a guy does not get his wing long ripped off. Hmm. M is for Mormon missionaries. Oh no! <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Segue yeah. over. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, like, I, I sometimes very much enjoy deep dives in IMDb. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, but McMichaels is brought in as an expert to examine Crawford to see if he is uh, competent to stand trial for the murder of Dr. P. Which is a surprising little detail in this movie because, like, that's absolutely what would probably happen in the right. real, in the real yeah, yeah. world. Or something similar, anyway. Maybe very not. similar. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I was kind of surprised at that little... Um, that little, like, uh, just kind of detail. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's... Okay, cool. And then uh, our two doctors enter the asylum, and the doors make a Star Trek sound. <laughs> I didn't catch that. They, they make the sound that the doors make in the original series Star Trek. The whoosh. 
the or, oh like the deer, oh the deer, as oh I, I did not notice no uh-huh. I did not catch that at all. It, it's only on that one door, but it is very distracting. <laughs> Uh, while McMichaels is walking down this hallway, she has to examine every window of every uh, little cell to like, just like she's in a fucking horror game and wants a jump scare. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta check every room, you gotta look in every window. Yeah, there's there's people who are muttering to themselves and are praying to God, and one dude's masturbating and <laughs> furiously, furiously, and he's so mad at his dick, <laughs> just so mad at his dick. He's really going at it. So, uh, McMichaels talks with Crawford for a little bit, and we find out that he used to work at Miskatonic University, so that's a good sign. That's the, uh, university from a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's work where people go to study scary books and things. Uh, the experiment that he and Dr. P were working on was to stimulate the pineal gland with vibrations... And uh, Dr. P believed that was a dormant sensory organ. Which is wild, but okay. Well, it's... I mean, I know it's based off of, like... Yeah. There, there, there's precedent for this. Yeah, it's not... Beyond like, just Lovecraft stuff. Right, but yeah, it's yeah. it's still... Like, it, the pineal gland was, like, one of the last organs we determined what it did in your brain. Like, one of the last areas. And... Well, it's because it's right there in the center. Yeah. It's hard to see. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, due to its location and everything, people thought, okay, it's a... Like, it's an extrasensory organ, or it's, a you know, your third eye, so you can sense things that aren't there, and we lost use of that and stuff, you know. Right. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, a mysterious part of the brain. Sure. And it's shown up in a lot of different sci-fi works as, like, this is where the spooky brain stuff happens. <laughs> this is the spook portion of the brain. Yeah, the, the thing I always think of is, uh, we played a lot of World of Darkness games back in the day. Right. And in Promethean the Created, the pineal gland is the organ that's re- related to one of the uh, Promethean types. Mm-hmm. And it's where ectoplasm comes from. <laughs> yeah. So that, it's goopy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, their experiments worked, and the things that Crawford saw drove him mad, um, he says that something came through while they were experimenting and bit off Dr. P's head. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because I think, yeah. I think we kind of skated over the, the fact that like right after the incident, you, we b- briefly see Dr. P well, yeah. and it looks like his head was twisted completely off. Right. But there's no blood. Yes. It's there. There's just no, there's no there blood. was no blood or anything. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, weird. Uh, and Crawford says that he turned the machine off to keep the creatures from seeing them. So apparently these things are around us at all times, but we can't see each other. Yeah. Unless yeah. we vibrate. He says, he says that they are they're everywhere um, and these vibrations activate the pineal gland and allow you to see them. But it has the exact same effect to those things. Right. It makes you visible to them. Yeah. Which isn't great because they're bitey. <laughs> they're bitey fish. Yeah. And other things. Mostly fish. Yeah, mostly aquatic creatures. (laughs) Uh, McMichaels decides to give Crawford a CAT scan to, like, look at his brain. And while they're doing that, they find out that his pineal gland has, in fact, increased in size. He's a bigger boy. He he clicked okay on the uh, the pineal gland growth uh, emails that he's been getting. (laughs) Ew. Uh, So, um, at this point, McMichaels states that she wants to recreate the experiment to try and find out what happened to Dr. P and see if Crawford is actually innocent of his murder yeah, or she what wa- the hell happened. She wants to prove that Crawford is not insane. Yeah. And didn't murder Dr. Yeah, P. Yeah. So the detective who is in charge of the case uh, decides to let McMichaels perform the experiment with Crawford. 
uh, who's released into her custody, and they, he says he's going to send along a officer to help keep an eye on them. Which I missed. Yeah. I missed that, that little statement. And therefore, <laughs> the character that shows up yeah. baffled me for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Crawford is kind of hesitant to help her because he doesn't want to uh, get his face bitten off by, by bitey fish. Well, yeah, he saw what happened to Dr. P. He didn't want that to happen yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, but goes along with it because otherwise, you know, he's going to go down for murder. Uh, so they go out into the parking garage of the hospital and meet Bubba, played by uh, <laughs> Ken Forey, who joyfully eats an apple. <laughs> Very joyfully. And then the three of them drive to uh, Dr. P's house. Uh, Crawford tries to bolt out of the van while the other two are opening the gate, but the child locks on the doors are on, so he can't. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Bubba's first rodeo. Nope. That's why he came along. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and then we find out that the house is numbered 666 Benevolent Street. Sure is. Which is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty on the nose. Yeah. I mean, the subtle, the subtlety hadn't been invented until, what, 1990-something? I don't think so, man. Oh, wait, no, 1990s, you're right. No, yeah. it, was, it was in the 20s. I don't think subtle, subtlety has been invented yet, Matt. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I know writers who use subtlety, and they're all cowards. <laughs> yeah, subtlety was invented in, in, in the year 2000. It's just not widely accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Crawford is initially af afraid to go into the house, so Bubba takes the lead, but the house kind of spooks him a bit, and he ends up tripping over a mass of power cords. <laughs> There's a lot of power cords. Uh, while uh, McMichaels helps Bubba up, uh, Crawford like runs through the house like a toddler unchained. Yeah, like, he's... he's Freaking Crawford has a line. It cuts to McMichael's for half a second, and, and he's, he's just gone. He's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, they took his eyes. They took their eyes off him. So he's gonna he's gonna scuttle around. Like my fucking nephew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McMichael's and Bubba go turn the power back on, and then they hear a uh, woman screaming and Doctor P's voice from upstairs. Which is weird because he's supposed to be dead, and he's supposed to not have a head anymore. So yeah. he really can't scream. Uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be. Talking to some screaming woman. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, but it is apparently coming from Dr. P's sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, in the in, It's on the second floor, but whatever. Yeah. You can have a dungeon on the second floor. It's just a place you put people. That's fair. But and, yeah, it's sex dungeon. And and uh, Bubba is uh, watching, watching... Yeah, watching Dr. P's uh, homemade BDSM, porn. BDSM videos. Yeah. And this was the first, like, whoa! <laughs> like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And they're like it, it's straight up a sex dungeon. There's uh, St. Andrew's crosses. There's leather chains or leather everywhere and chains, and it's a hell of a place. It's <laughs> it is a hell of a place. Uh, Crawford has gone upstairs to the uh, experiment room and has found his axe. Oh, he's been reunited with Yeah, him. and then we see the chalk outline for Dr. P, which is hilarious because it is, in fact, missing a head. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a flat line right there. I love that a lot. It's very silly. <laughs> that was really good. I mean, I, I guess that's how you would do it in, yeah, <laughs> it's when just, they were doing chalk outlines, but... It's just... That's really great. It's like, really funny. It's a, it's a good visual gag. It is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's never commented on. No. It's just there. Um... 
McMichaels and Bubba head upstairs themselves, and then Crawford lets out a heartrending scream and charges up behind McMichaels. Yeah, he was like hiding in the shadows until they showed up just so that he could try to attack the machine in front of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? Uh, so they stop him from smashing the machine, and then Bubba makes some dinner while the other two now have decided to repair the machine. So yeah, that was a flip. Yeah, Bubba immediately, like, after all of this, he's like, I'm hungry. And they're like, well, we got to start doing this. And he's like, damn it, I'm going to starve. It's like, w- wow. Bubba has priorities. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I did like the, the brief gag, the visual gag of when he was making dinner. And he gives, he like dishes it out on the plates and he gives himself so, three yes. servings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, when, like, we're looking at the other two working on the machine, Crawford is absolutely drenched in sweat. Oh. Like, he is... Yeah, he is. Very, very wet. He's not as not quite as wet as our, our dude from uh, Life Force. No, but, but very similar. But still pretty wet. Yeah. This would not be the last wet guy we watched in this movie. No, no. <laughs> uh, McMichaels is passed out on a desk, so apparently this took a lot out of her. I guess so. I don't know how much time has passed. There's no indication. No. I mean, enough lo- enough time for uh, Bubba to make some dinner. And for uh, McMichaels to go memes. Not really sure what he was making, though. Like, I was trying to determine what that it's, was, but... I, it, I, it looks like, like a, grits, maybe? or No, it's like it was like a stew with lumped, like, big balls of mashed potatoes or yeah, something. It was, it was weird. weird. Anyway. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not a foodie. No. But uh, Crawford looks at the sleeping McMichaels... And strokes a uh, screwdriver. Very, and, very uh, uncomfortably. <laughs> begins recounting Dr. P's sexcapades. Yeah, Bubba, Bubba kind of shows up and they, they have a, a talk. Apparently, um, Crawford had to listen to the uh, the the BDSM going on in the, yeah. in the room next to him every night while he was trying to sleep. Yeah. that's That's got to do something that's- to you. <laughs> But he is also like kind of defensive of Doctor P because he's like, oh, he was a genius. Yeah, he was just misunderstood. Yeah, everybody has their quirks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what you do in the bedroom with a cons- another consenting adult is your own business, but try to keep it down, please. <laughs> well, and it sounds like some of these women were not exactly consenting. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't. I don't know. It's 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 not entirely implied, at least at this point. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Don't do this with non-consenting people. That's for there, damn there sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, while uh, McMichaels was sleeping, Crawford finished the repairs, so the machine is ready to go. That was quick. Yeah, the computer is non-functioning, so it has to all be operated manually. But hey, yeah, you got to flip the little the, the little switch. Yeah, and then uh, Crawford warns the other two to not move while in the vibration zone. <laughs> Because uh, doing so will attract the attention of the creatures they are about to see. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so he flips our machine on. It's a good thing that they uh, listen to him to a T. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, otherwise, we would have a, a more of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Crawford flips the machine on. We get the wind blowing through the lab again. Uh, the tuning forks vibrate. They're resonating. The resonator Everything is, is resonating. resonating, yeah. Uh, everyone begins to get headaches, and then McMichaels wobbles against Crawford, and because they're getting closer. I don't know. Well, the two of them, like, we we learn why here in a minute, but like the two of them immediately turn to each other and have this like intense, like, 
hardcore romantic yeah like, like they've stare, known each other like, for years yeah and... like they are getting into it uh-huh bubba's not looking so great no bubba looks kind of weak at the knees uh and then the creatures appear appear we see some of the fish and then there's like little jellyfish looking dudes and bubba gotta touch him bubba gotta <laughs> poke him gotta poke him with the finger <laughs> yeah so he reaches for him and gets attacked by a jellyfish it just bites onto his arm and he rips it off. Yeah. And a little bit later, like, they ask, him, are you okay? And he says, lost a little piece, but I'll be fine. And that's that's a great thing to say about a hunk of flesh torn out of your arm. Yeah, by an interdimensional <laughs> creature. God. Uh, the windows burst, even though they had previously burst. I was, yeah, who replaced those windows? Someone was all up on that. Yeah. And it this, like... Based off of the fact that uh, Crawford still has like the the bandage on his cheek, uh-huh. this is it's not, not a huge long. amount of time has passed since no. that first night. Yeah. Uh, but then Crawford mentions that it is coming, so I can only assume that it is it, the Living Colossus for Marvel Comics, <laughs> or or Tim Curry, or Tim Curry. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Toss up at this point. Or Alexander Skarsgård. Who knows? It could be anything. But what it actually is is Doctor P, resurrected, <sighs> kind kind of. Kind of, he's still alive or something. He's, he's still alive and he's still got his head where it should be and an awful lot of chest hair. And he is wet. He's very wet. He's a he's, soggy he's, man. He's grippy. Yeah. And naked. Yeah. He's very, very naked. Yeah. Uh, Dr. P says that he, in fact, did not die but passed beyond and that in this dimension, he is the master. <laughs> good for you, buddy. Good, good for him, man. But he's very slimy and we see his whole damn ass. Yeah. And it's yeah, not a he, good looking ass. It's a very gross ass. Yeah, because he's like... Crawford is in disbelief that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be real. And and Dr. P is like, Touch me, if it pleases you. Yeah. And then it immediately cuts to his bare ass to emphasize that he is 100% naked. Yeah. So Crawford kind of, like, wobbles towards him and, like, is going to pat him on the shoulder and his hand just, like, sinks in. It was gross. Like, he's made out of mashed taters. Yeah. And or, like, out of, out of, like, really warm putty. Yeah, because, like, there's imprints of his fingers in Crocker uh-huh. and uh, Dr. P's shoulder. It's real gross. <laughs> but Dr. P's very into it. Yeah, well, he gets so into it that he rips his face off and begins cackling. <laughs> and then his head explodes. Well, his face then, like, like it, it, it was a wild effect. Because, like, you did say that this was an effects-heavy movie. Yeah. And it is done very well in these scenes where, like, the makeup and, and, yeah. and the... the prosthetics are very very good yeah he rips like the flesh off of his face so you see just like the musculature but then the muscles start like growing out like tentacles yeah like like you can you can riff on a lot of stuff in this movie i the, the effects are immaculate yeah other than the uh like the the projections of the fish those aren't great it gets the point across it does but but the practical effects of this movie are top notch yeah, like yeah. it's it's really crazy uh, Bubba pulls out his sidearm and unloads into Dr. P, which causes him to further explode. Yeah, now his head just kind of, like, blossoms. Yeah, and he's, like, he's metamorphosizing more. He's changing, like, right before their eyes. It is so hard to describe what is going on with this man. It really is. He's he's growing a different head out of his original head. Yeah, I or hate it when that happens. <laughs> it's, it's a bad time. Yeah. But... Uh, Crawford rushes in over to the machine and turns it off, causing Dr. P and all the fish to vanish. Yay, they're gone. And then Bubba vomits. 
And then we cut to a really gross scene of uh, of eggs being of fried. eggs being cracked and like the the goo. Oh, John, it's gosh. pretty gross. Yeah. yeah, it's like you. Oh, you bastards! That was awful. Yeah. See, I had an ad break in between those two scenes, so I it wasn't directly from vomit to egg. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I had sports betting in between. She did. Yeah, it's Colorado. No, for me, uh, for me, it, it, there was no ad break in that. In fact. Oh. Um, kind of side note here. Uh, I watched this on Tubi as well. I only had two ad breaks. Really? Just two. I had them like every 15 minutes. That's wild. I only yeah. had the two. It may have been because I was watching on a console instead of yeah. on com- on computer. Maybe. I don't know. Or through but... their website. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. While they're making breakfast, uh, we get science nonsense. A lot of science talk. A lot of science talk. And then uh, Bubba reveals that he had a boner through the entire event. God, yeah. <laughs> not the kind the Joker made in the 60s. <laughs> no, like an actual hard-on boner. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, that TMI, Bubba. Which, TMI. Kind of, which explains what was going on with McMichaels and Crawford, because they were also in a heightened state of arousal. Yeah, so at, at the, it's at this point where you start realizing that, yeah, when... In this universe, when the pineal gland grows, and I, I actually think that uh, McMichaels says that the pineal gland relegates uh, sexual desire, something like, like that, like pleasure or something. pleasure, yeah, um, which I mean, isn't entirely accurate. Since I don't it, think that's scientific. No, accurate, I, I but... think I think that if the pineal gland actually grew, you would just get really sleepy. Probably because it, it just—it's—it's it's what relegates Maybe, me- melatonin. Yeah, and I mean a few other things, but I mostly mean if it just, grew too much, you would probably just have a stroke. Chris, this is sci-fi time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I don't... So, unless your fetish is being sleepy... Yeah. But but in this in this realm, yeah, having it grow apparently really gets you going. It, yeah, and that yeah. suddenly explains an awful lot of what we have seen and what we will see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where the movie does kind of cross over into Life Force territory. I mean, hardcore. Well... Maybe not, not, hardcore, not, not right no. now, not right now, but it does start going into it, and then... No, there's no penetration, it's not hardcore. Though uh, I will say that this movie does have one up on Life Force, and uh, that you uh, practically have full frontal male nudity. Yeah. It's not actual, but we'll, we'll get yeah, to yeah. it, we'll get to it. <laughs> but I, I have absolutely seen the entire outline of Ken Forey's entire <laughs> penis, so... <laughs> I'm just just throwing that out there. Yeah, Bubba be packing, and I saw it all. <laughs> yeah, it's on display. Anyway, go on. Uh, McMichael's wants to try the experiment again, and she's becoming really obsessed with Doctor P. Yeah, she's starting to follow in his in his uh, footsteps. Yeah, she's becoming the mad scientist now. Uh, Bubba and Crawford want the fuck out, and I do not blame them one bit. Right, but she she insists like like one of the arguments is that like. No, we we should like she she argues that no, experiments need to be replicated. That's how you prove right. theories or well, disprove theories. You don't prove theories, but that's how you that's it, how you science. In the words of of uh, Adam Savage, like it's not science unless you write it down. It's just fooling around, right? But you and it does you know scientific exper- experimentation does necessitate repetition. Yeah, it does, exactly. Yes, exactly. She's right about that. But um, this is fucked up. I want out. But Crawford is like, no, you, we need to do you. I agree. He's like, yes, but in controlled situation. And she's like, we have control. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's why don't. Bubba was is missing a chunk of his arm. And he threw all up and got a big old heart on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, clearly you have control of the situation. And this is about where I learned that Bubba was actually a cop because I had missed that. Not nah. previous. Anyway. <laughs> um, that 
I like I, once again I am confused about the timeline here because it is like daylight morning outside. Yeah, it is. And but they're going they're going memes. I don't know, man. So McMichael's tries to sleep in this like luxurious bed. I don't know whose bed that was. Um, Probably Doctor P's. I don't know, maybe. But she can't, so she goes up to the machine. Uh, Crawford and Bubba are regulated to the sex dungeon where they have to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which does ask the question, where was Crawford sleeping when he was here? Probably in the sex dungeon. That's probably why yeah, he, <laughs> he didn't have to listen to the uh, the BDSM going on from the next room. He had to listen to it because he was in the, the room. room trying yeah. to sleep. <laughs> he's just, just he's holding just, the pillow over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. P is whipping a, whipping a lady and she's screaming and moaning. And, Can you and keep it down? I have a report in the morning. Yeah, he just pans over to him and he's holding the pillow just trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Crawford's so fucked up. Yeah. It's not from the resonator at all. Both Bubba and Crawford are like having really restless dreams. Probably of the sexual kind, like let's be honest here. Yeah. McMichaels has a lady boner for the resonator. Oh yeah. Just yeah. straight up. She's like she turns it on and she's like stroking it and it's it's weird. Uh Crawford rushes upstairs once he senses that the machine is on, probably because the house is vibrating. <laughs> Let's, like, yeah, that's what it does. So that, and he doesn't remember taking Viagra. No, <laughs> uh, but he he tries to demand that McMichael's turn it off, but she shuts him up with sloppy makeouts. Yeah, they start, and then he 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 gives into it as well. Yeah, and then they find out that they have a voyeur, and if Doctor P. And Dr. P is now super goopy. Yeah, come on, don't stop, you guys. A gross blob old dude is clearly the most romantic of backdrops. Uh, he wants everyone to uh, join him. And Crawford is just like, uh, I am out of this. I am nope, 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 nope. Yeah, <laughs> nope so down the stairs. Instead of shutting off the machine, he just runs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is, in fact, running to turn off the circuit breaker. Yeah, but then he's tackled by a nearly naked uh, Bubba because Bubba thinks he's... Fleeing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. P is kind of stroking Barbara Cramden here. Oh, so we get it's to see so bad. Barbara Cramden titties, which is yeah. which normally I am a-okay with. <laughs> but in this situation, oh no. Oh no, Barbara Cramden, the, no, get out of there. The allegory ain't great. Yeah. Dr. P is creepy as hell. And then, holy shit, there's a giant worm in the basement. Yeah, because, um, so Bubba is has been woken up and apparently sleeps in the tightest of uh, of freaking yeah. banana hammocks. Oh my god. <laughs> and they run downstairs and the basement is partially flooded? It's, is that from the other dimension as well? Or one of, like one of the reoccurring things is that whenever stuff comes over from this other dimension, it brings like this goop with it. Okay. Like cuz you see it coming down the stairs. Well, yeah, and I, I was like, like I had to know it later on in, in that scene where it's like, oh, who left the bathtub running? Yeah, and like but, everything that comes over is really moist and goopy. goopy. <laughs> so, whatever this it's other dimension wet. is, it's very it's gross. It's Well, or it could just be wet. I mean, yeah. most of the things we see over there are fish. Yeah. But like the, this liquid is it, like corn syrup. Like it's a little thicker than water. Sure. But uh but yeah, there's the basement's all flooded, and yeah, there's these big, like, worm-like langoliers down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then up in the attic, uh, Dr. P's head explodes for a third time. Well, I know, he just wants to give, he, he just wants to give McMichaels a little forehead kiss. Yeah, with his worm. With his forehead. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. He wants to give her a kiss with his, like, his forehead worm. 
So down in the basement, Bubba grabs a knife, a kitchen knife, and begins, like, stabbing the basement worm. Yeah, which... because Crawford is getting a similar kiss from one of the worms. Yeah, the worm is trying to eat Crawford. And... <laughs> That's what Dr. P's forehead kiss is. Is yeah. he, like, just, that well, second head just kind of swallows up McMichael's head. Yeah. And then it cuts down to the basement. Where with... the worm is swallowing Crawford. Crawford. Yeah, he's swallowing Crawford's head. And then there he goes. He there, just... Yeah, he's just. Just down that gullet. Uh, so Bubba yanks the power cables out of the wall, which is not what you're supposed to do with those. No, also not just, <laughs> he does this, but uh, only after falling into the water and standing back up so that we can see uh, his very, already very tight underwear now wet and yeah. clinging. And yeah. we just see the entirety of that man's penis. It's a good thing this actor is a good looking guy. Like It's, it's fine. I'm just saying that's what you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although... He isn't being turned on by the uh, resonator. I, just, I have to no, know. Not at the moment, no. <laughs> not at the moment. He, he's in danger. <laughs> he's in worm danger. He's in very worm danger. But uh, after Bubba pulls the cables, uh, the worm and Dr. P vanish, uh, freeing McMichaels. And a now, like, silky smooth Crawford. That worm ate all of the hair off of Crawford's all body. All of them. <laughs> just every hair. Like that, it's so weird because he's... <laughs> Inside of the worm, like, kicking his feet out of its mouth. Bubba pulls the cables, and then he's just plop on the ground, and he is He looks like smooth. a cancer patient. <laughs> he is a seal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, dude, what happened in there? Upstairs, uh, McMichaels has, like, goes into a frenzy and begins wrecking the machine. Because she was almost raped by a goopy old... By goop man, yeah. A goopy old monster man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good reason to be freaked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh... We cut to a little later in the sex dungeon. Uh, Crawford is apparently badly burned is what happened to him. Yeah, he got, like, real messed like up. Like acid burns mm-hmm. from from our wormy friend. Uh, McMichaels puts some cream on him, and, like, even her touching him just causes him to, like, convulse. Yeah, it causes him pain. And uh, Bubba is now super ready to leave as he realizes whatever is going on with the machine is changing them physically. Yeah, he's like, we're, we're leaving. You don't get a choice in the matter. We are going. <laughs> yeah. And McMichaels is just, no, I, we got to run the machine somewhere because I got a, I got a science. I got a science, all the science. <laughs> I got a science with my lady bits. And Bubba's like, uh, no, you're addicted to this thing. You're a junkie. Like, you're mm-hmm. you're not on smack, but you are addicted to this thing. Yeah, and, and we got to get you away from he it. He absolutely ain't wrong. So Bubba begins packing up and tells uh, McMichaels to, like... Get dressed. Get dressed and to wrap... Crawford up so that he's not, like, on fire all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then McMichaels begins to uh, stroke all the leather in the sex dungeon. Yeah, she's starting to understand this BDSM scene. And then she finds the cabinet full of leather. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so she fetishes herself up. Yowza. <laughs> and begins tormenting uh, Crawford, who is very badly burned and in vain. No, don't, lady. No, this is bad. Yeah, so Bubba walks on in on her, like, hey, trying to rape Crawford. That's what pretty, it is. Yeah, pretty much. And then... Uh, <laughs> and he sees her, and he's like, I told you. I thought I told you to get dressed. It's like, uh... She sir, did. Sir? <laughs> sir? <laughs> she listened to you, man. What more do you want? <laughs> she is wearing more, technically more than she was before. Yeah. Uh, but Bubba does try to kink shame her from this, and... I mean, kink shaming ain't great unless it involves rape. Oh yeah, then, but he like then kink shame the shit, the kink shame the shit out of rape. <laughs> yeah, but he like puts her in front of a mirror and is like, "Oh, is this you? Are you this sexy dominatrix lady? Is this you, Barbara Gramden?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've done it before." <laughs> yeah. 
but downstairs, uh, the wall decides to short circuit and shoots electricity into the wires of the machine. Well, yeah. Well, this is how electricity works. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it electrifies. It jumps from like three feet from the wall into the cords that were severed, and then reattaches them. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, it is like the machine is fucking haunted. Like, <laughs> well, it's. I guess the, the uh, as they say later on, I guess it's technically supposed to be Doctor P somehow influencing right. this side from the other side. Yeah. And he's fixing the machine himself. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's not what it looks like. No, the machine is fucking haunted. <laughs> we got ghosts now. We got ghosts in the machine. Um. But yeah, Crawford wakes up and and tells the other two that Doctor P is trying to turn the machine back on. Uh, Bubba rushes upstairs to try and turn it off, but it electrocutes him and turns his gun into a magnet, which goes flying away from him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it begins barfing bugs all over everybody. There, yeah, like, like bees or something. I, I, I think like you get a few scenes where that you can get a little bit better look at them, and they almost just look like little like ball bearings. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. They're the world's tiniest langoliers. <laughs> There it is. The Langoliers are back again. Yeah, but they're very tiny. This but they time. are very, very tiny. They're back in miniature form. <laughs> but yeah, Crawford and McMichaels are immediately covered in these bugs, and they don't like it. But Bubba shines a flashlight on them, so apparently they're the Krill from Gears of War. Yeah, this scene confused me. I had to watch it twice because it looks kind of like that they're going away from the flashlight. Right. But then he just kind of. Rose the flashlight again. I think the it, the idea is supposed to be that Doctor P is influencing him and like, like or something pulled it away from him like it, it did with right. his gun. But but the the flashlight lands with the beam on him. Yeah, and his first reaction is, oh shit. Yeah, and then they swarm him. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm still confused as to what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I don't really understand what happened. But the bugs eat Bubba. Oh my god, do they? They eat the fuck out of Bubba. Yeah, they they melt him for they the sin. They skeletonize him. <laughs> they melt him for the sin of having a flashlight. Yeah, yeah. They skeletonize everything but his head, his, basically. Like, well, his like, rib cage. Well, I guess that, that's, that's the skeleton. Of, that's part of the... Rib cage is famously part of the skeleton. It's true. But yeah, it's just like his head. Yeah, his so, head on a skeleton. Pretty much. And, he, and he's very dead. And again, really crazy good effects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. P reappears, and he's even more mutated than before. He just wants another kiss. He's just, like, he's a blob at this point. Like, he yeah, is... he's... So, I, I was trying to, like... He looks like a half-formed dinosaur. <laughs> like, like picture, like, a uh, Brachiosaurus or something, only with only two legs and no tail. Uh-huh. And then put it in the microwave. Put it in the microwave... And give it a human face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what he looks like. You know, for a moment. It's weird. For a hot moment. Uh-huh. Um, Crawford is just in intense fucking pain while this is going on. And is just moaning and writhing around. Well, yeah, because he's having a forehead baby. Yeah. Uh, Dr. P grabs McMichaels and is like, I'm going to put you in my brain, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he does he does say it a couple times in the movie that apparently there is no better, like sexual pleasure than to right. experience each other's sensual like m mental desires or something right something yeah like yeah that. like basically to, to mind touch to pull in a sorry for mass effect something like, <laughs> that's uh, that's apparently the pinnacle of uh, of sexual gratification yeah yeah and then he uh dr p says that crawford is evolving like like he evolved uh and then crawford's head just kind of explodes well, outwards 
Well, he, ha- he his his forehead just kind of like you said he has a forehead baby. Yeah, his pineal gland grows a tentacle and like goes right out of his yeah, head. Yeah, his pineal gland is now poking out of his, in out of his forehead. Yeah. Um so that's that's cool. <laughs> and now we can see in heat vision, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a, like predator vision like, kind of. It's supposed to be the sixth sense. Yeah, but it, it looks like bad heat vision. Well, yeah, because we can't perceive a sixth no. sense. No. <laughs> so it gets the idea across. Yeah. It looks... Okay. It doesn't look as good as the Predator vision, no. but it looks better than the Dark Vision from Pitch Black. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> it's it's in the between there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. P is, like, pulling McMichaels towards him with tentacles, uh, and she is able to grab some liquid nitro that was just there. You know, hanging around. Yeah, and uh, hoses down the machine, which turns it off. Because uh, not even Praetorius can fix a water damage device. Mm-mm. And it really seems like this is where the movie's going to end. And then it don't. Mm, yeah. Is Because it, it's like, okay, they stop the machine. You know, Bubba's dead. Crawford's in... Like, He's having problems. And, uh, Crawford has seen better days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead we cut to the hospital. Where now Block is doing surgery. The, the doctors here are way too nonchalant about the tentacle, the wiggling pineal gland growing out of Crawford's forehead. Yeah, yeah. She, like, grabs it with a pair of... Like, forceps or something. Forceps, but it, like, goes... And ducks back <laughs> it just kind of scoots back in, and she's just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Well, she I just, missed it. <laughs> dang, I'll get it next time. <laughs> it's like, I'll get you next time, pineal <laughs> instead gland. Instead of doing the, the usual thing and going, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, McMichaels is raving at this point, and she is released into Dr. Block's care, which is not going to go well for her. Yeah, because the, the detective or sergeant or whoever this guy the, the is. The leading detective on the case. The, the leading yeah. detective is more upset about the lecture that he's going to get from the DA right. than the fact that a man is dead. Like, he's like, my my best agent is dead. The DA is going to have my ass for this. It's like, that's yeah. not the reaction you're supposed to have. Yeah, it's like, dude, a man died. A man, a good man under your employ died. You don't stress about the lecture. You stress about the fact that the man died. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, the, that's that's Bubba's friggin' Yeah. That's his his song out. like. Yeah. And they don't really have any proof of what happened because the only two people who saw what happened are Crawford, who has his own thing going on, and McMichaels, who has failed her sanity checks. Yeah, basically. So yeah, instead of taking them, well, I mean, I guess Crawford probably should stay at the hospital, but instead of taking uh, McMichaels in for questioning or detaining her in a, you know, law way, right. he's just like, here, doctors, you take her. <laughs> yeah, She's yeah. your problem just now. Just releases, releases her to Dr. Block, and Dr. Block is like, yes, now I get to fry your brain with electroshocks. Yeah. Even though I was opposed to that sort of thing earlier in the movie, now I'm not! Yeah, now it's now it's my fetish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but while they're dealing with uh, McMichaels, uh, Crawford wakes up and, like, is pulled out of the operating room by his pineal gland. Yeah, just kind of puppeteers him. Out. Yeah. And, and he's a hungry boy. He goes, so he, he attacks, like, the dinner that's outside of one of the, the rooms and Yeah, he just, down. like, try, well, he tries to, like, like, he stuffs his mouth full of, like, the potatoes and spinach or whatever uh-huh. that's on it. And then immediately just, just spits it back out and then yeah. just kind of zombies away. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Block returns to Crawford's operating room, but whoops, he's not there anymore. And there's a security guard sitting there. It's like, dude, this security guard is the worst at his job. Yeah, like, where were you, dude? <laughs> he probably went over to get the, like a snack from the vending machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there is a lot of door coming from the pathology room. There's a lot of door coming from the pathology room? Oop. <laughs> What'd you just say? I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's try that one again. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of blood coming from under the door of the pathology room. Uh, and then Locke opens it and finds Crawford eating brains. Yeah. And, and again, her reaction is so underwhelming. It, yeah. Like, she, Crawford, please don't eat those. It's going to make you sick. <laughs> Please don't eat those. They're delicious. They, uh, can make you very sick. They're, they're brains, lady. He's yeah. eating brains. But he, she tries to, like, lead him back towards the operating room so she can get that darn pineal gland. <laughs> uh, and then Crawford grabs her and, like, sucks out her eye. He gives her an eye kiss. While the, the his pineal gland goes for the brain. Yeah. Because we have this moment where we see the pineal gland division, yeah. where it can basically see her pineal gland in her brain, right? And, and doesn't like it. Wants it. Wants to eat it. He wants to eat it. That's what he's hungry for. Yeah. Not not spinach and taters. No, he's hungry for that good good pineal gland. Yep. yep. Uh, so right as the other orderlies are uh, gearing up to shock uh, McMichael's brain until it stops braining. Uh, they decide they have, you know, more pressing concerns like the fact that another patient just ate the leading doctor. Yeah. And the, the, the doctor in charge of administering the shock, like they all, everybody leaves and they're like, he's like, what about her? And she, they're like, just put her back in a room. We've got to deal with this. And, yeah. he leaves. and this brilliant man is like. Okay, well, we were going to shock you, but instead, we're just going to unstrap you and let you go. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as she's free, she, she just conks him in the head with a lamp. It's like, well, dude, what'd you expect to happen? <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. Yeah. You, don't, you don't take the person that you're, like, about ready to torture and then say, oh, you know what? Let's just, I'm just going to walk you back to your room. We'll right, call right. Them nice, like. Uh, so she jumps in a van from the parking lot and drives away just in time for an ambulance to pull in. Uh, and then, ooh, this is kind of a nasty scene. This is a gross scene. The, the ambulances, the, like, the two paramedics come out with, like, what a looks like a, like a drunk, drunk guy, yeah. Like a drunk uh, homeless guy or something. Yeah, like someone who, who has drunk himself into shock. Yeah, and he's got, like, all kinds of puke and stuff on his coat. And yeah. that is the grossest thing. Like, that is the grossest visual yeah. I've seen. Like, there's a few close-ups of his face, and it's in his teeth and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I have seen a lot of gross stuff in this movie. This is the worst. Yeah, yeah. They they did some excellent puke effects, I oh, guess. Oh, God, it's so gross. But yeah, uh, Crawford eats the EMT's pineal glands and hijacks the ambulance and drives off. More eye kisses. Yep. This movie's full of kisses. Yeah. Uh, apparently, McMichael stopped somewhere to get dressed because <laughs> she's not in the, the scrubs anymore. And to get a freaking explosive And to get a bomb, device. yes. She knew where to get a bomb. But uh, yeah... She has arrived at Dr. P's place, uh, and she is setting up that bomb to uh, to bomb the machine. In, like, five minutes. But the... It's a long five minutes. Yeah, but the machine sparks itself back to life again. It apparently got over being cold. Dried out. Yeah. It, it put itself in a bag of rice. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Crawford grabs McMichaels from behind, because this is where he was also driving to, and takes her to the sex dungeon, where he chains her up. And, and it's really funny, because he's like, she's like trying to talk to him, like have a conversation, but his pineal gland is like waving in her yeah, face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I had the thought, like, it's... So, so, come on, Crawford, it's hard to talk with your talk to you with your pineal gland in my face like that. Yeah. Uh, so she does something about it, and while Crawford tries to chew out her eye... She instead bites the fucking tendril off. Yeah, she she just goes for that. Yeah, bite his pineal gland, lady. Do it. <laughs> it's uh, gotta hurt. But the machine is fully on at this point, and Doctor P has returned from wherever he was. And apparently, chewing off the pineal gland extraction is just what Crawford needed because now he's back to his old self. That was the whole thing. That was the problem. And he begins taunting. Uh, Dr. P by making fun of his impotence because oh, apparently that's what was going on there. This exchange here, because he's like, I, I have the, the the quote here is like, she'll know, Edward, how pathetic you are, how you can't make love. Maybe you could teach me. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the reason Dr. P was all gross with his sex is because he was impotent, which I don't think is. That says some things that I'm not cool with, but... I don't want to go there. I don't want to go Let's there. Let's just not go there. Dr. P morphs into a bat creature. Yeah. And eats Crawford's head, so bye, Crawford, you're gone. Yep. That was pretty unceremonious. There's more forehead kisses. Uh, there are little ethereal fish creatures kind of everywhere. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. They're, they're all around us at all times. Yeah, and uh, McMichaels is being attacked by them, but she... Like, wiggles her arms, and they're attracted to movement, so they attack her arms. I didn't get that, because she, she's strapped in, and it almost just looks like they're, they're just trying to help her. They're like, oh, right. we'll free you, we'll bite the restraints off your arms. But no, this is like, like Crawford said, they're attracted to movement. So. I get it, I get yeah. it. It's just, it's not, the, that's not the, what happened in my brain when I was watching this. Yeah. I was like, oh, these, these little fish guys are all right. <laughs> but... Yeah, she is. She's freed, um, but the fish are still there. So she starts a fire, and the fish go towards the fire. Lights some matches and tosses them. Yeah, when she was like, she pulls out the little matchbook and like striking the match. I was like racking my brain. I was like, did she leave a trail of alcohol somewhere that I missed? Did I? Yeah. What's, did, what? What? What is she gonna do? Like, this is the part I, in the action movie where they throw it down and it ignites right. the trail and explodes the thing. But I guess during this entire like last part sequence, there was quite a bit cut. <laughs> Which is why it seems kind of sudden. And quick, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that makes sense. And it's just one thing after another, after another, after another, just kind of rolls. Uh, but yeah, McMichaels rushes back downstairs and finds Crawford's corpse, so she rushes back upstairs. Which is the place to escape, yes. Yeah, but the, the stairs are sliming at this point. Yeah, because this is where the bathtub was left running. Right. And Dr. P is chasing her. Uh, but now since Dr. P ate Crawford's head, oh, uh, Lord. here we go. Crawford is forcing his way out of Dr. P because they are now one entity. Yeah. It's birthing Crawford out of its mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dr. P opens his mouth and Crawford's hand pulls him out of there. So he bursts out of Dr. P, but then Dr. P like re-merges. Like it's a whole thing. It's hard to it's describe. It's a whole goddamn thing. It is hard to describe. I would love to see this, like the script notes and things on oh. how this was supposed to play out but yeah um and they are struggling for control of the goop body 
at one point in time it shows like it flashes over and it's basically disintegrating and melting. Yeah. Until until there's basically two skulls and the skulls are fighting the each other. The skulls are fighting, yes. <laughs> Skull fights going on. They're just bonking against each other and chomping. <laughs> it's just it's a weird. Big it's... fucking goop mess that explodes. It's wild. Uh, because the bomb goes off and McMichaels uh, escapes the explosion by jumping out the window. That's how you do it, I guess. But lands wrong. Oh. And it blows up both of her legs. Oh my god. Those are very broken legs. Yeah, her knees are super exploded. Oh, it's, it's again, really good makeup and prosthetic work. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not, like, lingered on either. It's just, sh- like, shown. You can see it, but it doesn't zoom. Yeah, it doesn't, like, it doesn't zoom in. It doesn't it. Whatever, yeah. but... You can tell what happened. Yeah. And it's gross. <laughs> and McMichaels just begins laughing at everything because... Well, there's, uh, a, there's a crowd of people shows up, including, including Bunny. Bunny. Yeah. And they're, like, gawking at the house instead of helping the woman with bones sticking out of her knees. <laughs> yeah. And she's just cackling because her mind is... It's gone. It's hanging out with Dr. P and Crawford. Yeah. And that was kind of a fucked up movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, oh man, it was, it was quite the movie. Yeah. So, but again, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was, like, it was a fun ride. It holds your interest the entire time. It really does. Because there's always something insane happening. It's like something insane being said, something insane happening, or just really cool, like, again, practical yeah. effects going on that you just, yeah. you got to look at. Some uh, of the line the reads parts. are not good. No, there's some. Like when they were initially interviewing Crawford and... They're like, well, what happened to Dr. P? And he's like, it ate him bit off his head. Like a gingerbread man. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's some wild stuff, but it's a cool movie. Uh-huh. It's a cool movie. I definitely recommend checking it out. Especially you... since it's it's on Tubi and that's free. It is so free. So go watch that shit. Depending on... Depending on your luck or where you're watching it, ads are going to be either very intrusive or not yeah. that bad. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, so should we go to our first crunch after our break? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into, I mean, it's technically our second, it's weird, whatever. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into our crunch. Okay. You know you want to be a freak like me. All right, so uh, I guess welcome back to the crunch. Let's um, let's talk about this. What what did you what do you got for us? I, got? I did the basement worm. Oh, okay. So we didn't do Doctor P. No. Okay. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do Doctor P. That's fair. That's perfectly fair. <laughs> he he scared me. I didn't want to do. It. <laughs> but I mean, there's enough weird stuff in this movie that there's a lot you could do, and I decided to do basement worm. All right, that's fine. Uh, so we have the ephemeral worm. Uh, which is a large aberration, neutral. AC of 15 because of natural armor. Uh, total uh, or an average of 212 hitty points. Speed of 30 feet. Plus it, four. Well, any reason you didn't give it a swim speed? Uh, no. Okay, I was just wondering. <laughs> I just didn't think about it. <laughs> okay, I was just wondering. <laughs> 
plus four to strength, uh, zero to dex, plus three to con, zero to intelligence, zero to wisdom, and a minus two to charisma because it's a big worm. Big worms are not usually known for being very charismatic. Yeah. yeah. There uh, are exceptions, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dr. Worm is pretty charismatic. But he, he's not a real doctor, but he is a real worm. And there you go. You can play the drums. I think uh, Earthworm Jim also probably has a <laughs> little bit better charisma than this. Depends, yeah. Anyway. Uh, for condition immunities, he is immune to being blinded, charmed, and frightened. By virtue of being a big worm. Sure. Uh, for senses, he has blind sight up to 60 feet, blind beyond the radius, and a passive perception of 10. I mean, honestly, he's pretty smart for a worm. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> he went to school. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he got his GED. Yeah. Uh, he does not speak any languages, but he is a challenge rating 8 creature. Mm-hmm. So now we go on to his traits. Uh, first, we have Flood. Okay. Uh, when the worm emerges into the material... Pl- the material plane, it floods the area around it with a transparent vis- uh, viscous fluid. The floor in a 30-foot radius from the point where the worm emerged becomes rough terrain. The worm can move through this terrain without penalty. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, so instead of a split yeah, yeah. speed, there's this. Okay, that yep. works. And now we have the stuff that I don't know if it exactly works or not, but I think is kind of cool. All right. Uh, emergence. When the worm detects the presence of a humanoid with wisdom 16 or more, that humanoid must make a wisdom saving throw. On a success, the worm enters the material plane in an open space up to 30 feet away from the creature that made the saving throw. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. So, the the humanoid makes the saving throw, and if he succeeds, yep. the worm shows up. Yep. So... When you're opened when you're, up... When you, you're too smart... <laughs> yep. When you're opened up to the mysteries of the universe, the worm comes through. That's interesting. That'd be a really interesting thing for the... <laughs> to throw at the players. Be yeah. Like, it's like, make a wisdom saving there. All right. 26. Ha. Worm. Okay, well, this just happens. <laughs> <laughs> worm flood. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> that's that's unique. I really... I, that's that's a neat way of um, kind of incorporating that, uh, that theme uh-huh. from, from the movie. I like that. Uh, we have ephemeral presence. The worm exists on the ethereal plane, but can sense creatures on the material plane as if it were on that plane relative to its location. Okay, well, then, there you go. That's... That's how they can detect yeah. the, so like, the smart man or the I, wise man. It doesn't quite line up with D&D's cosmology, but I don't care. Yeah, who cares so at this it's point? Like, the way I've envisioned it is the ethereal plane is like a coat that is over the material plane. And stuff from there exists the way it does in the movie where it's like, it's there and it can go around in our world and it's everywhere. But we can't interact with it normally. Yeah, that's kind of how I always imagined it as well. So that works for my purposes. And then when it senses somebody who's too wise, it just bursts on through. Yeah, again, this is compatible with D&D 5th edition. You might need to adjust a few things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. (laughs) We did it. Good for us. Um, And then we get on to this guy's actions. First, he has a bite. Uh, Plus 7 to hit. Reach of 5 feet, 1 target. Average of 26 piercing damage. And the target is grappled with an escape DC of 16. Until this grapple ends, the target is restrained, and the worm can't bite another target. Okay. Uh, and then we have Swallow. I made a vork creature, Matt. <laughs> Yay! Yay! It's so easy to do in D&D. Yeah. <laughs> or in this, RPGs. Yeah, to be fair, this literally happens in the movie, though, so... It's true. Hey. Uh, so, Swallow, the worm makes one bite attack against a medium or smaller target. It is grappling. If the attack hits, the target is swallowed, and the grapple ends. 
Uh, Swallow target is blinded and restrained and has total cover against attacks and other effects outside of the worm. And it takes, on average, 11 acid damage at the start of each of the worm's turns. The worm can only have one target swallowed at a time, and if the worm dies, the creature shoots out its poop hole. <laughs> Exiting from. <laughs> Exiting from, yep. Wow, that's not... That's, that's not, not exactly what it says, but I don't care. That's, I mean, it paraphrased pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Um, yeah, I like him. I like him. Um, he's got that marquee trait, which is what I look he's for. He's got several marquee traits. And, like, <laughs> well, mar- mar- marquee features. Yeah. Um, and he's he's thematic, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm the aesthetic. And person. I do believe that I got the stats just in about range where a challenge rating eight creature should be. Cool, awesome. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm never gonna let you forget that you got mad at me for my queen. <laughs> Jokes on you. You're doing what I want you to do now. <laughs> yeah. But um, cool. So um, I guess that leaves us with the future. Yeah, the future, Matt. The um, future it's times. Your show next time. So um, for Christmas, you got me the Carnosaur book. I did. So I've decided that we're going to be watching Carnosaur two. God damn it, Matt! Why? <laughs> um, so that's going to be in two weeks. Um, hopefully, with <laughs> barring any other horrible, yeah, DD, horrible like outside influences that have been plaguing us for the past two months oh my god yeah but um with that uh thank you so much for listening sorry for the delay um lots of things happened i mean i guess at this point this should this will come out two weeks after the previous episode the previous episode the godzilla versus megalon one is the one that's gonna be late yeah yeah. we're recording this before that is even released yet but um but yeah so sorry for the delays on everything uh thank you so much for listening um We've got our links in the description. Um, I might remove the D&D Beyond link. Yeah. Um, but you can find us in D&D Beyond if you want. some. I, I haven't updated those stat blocks in a while anyway. Um, but you can access the link. You can access our stat blocks through the links in the description. Uh, we got our Twitter, mm-hmm. our Tumblr. Um, All the stuff. Yep. Socials in the description, I guess, is what it yep. amounts to. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can also follow us in various places. Uh, Chris, did you want to go through that? I am technically still on Twitter at the library C. That's CE. I'm not really anywhere else at the moment because social media is a fuck. That's pretty apt. Um, same thing with me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Danny underscore Hamsteak. You can also find me on Tumblr. It's either going to be um, uh, the best disguise or Nanny Hamsteak, depending on when I finally update that. But, um, but yeah, you can get do all that stuff and more. Um, all this and more. All this and more. And I've also been uh, streaming on Twitch pretty infrequently. Mm-hmm. Well, not not consistently, but not infrequently either. Uh, under Danny ha- or yeah, under Danny Hamsteak as well. Uh, so if you want to watch. My uh, my partner and I and her family um, fighting against a bunch of bugs in Deep Rock Galactic or fighting against the bugs in Grounded, then you can do that. But uh, with that, we will see you in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. Yep. yep.